something else in game. Welcome back to another episode of Something Else Gaming. A little bit different setup today, especially for the video if you're watching this. If you're in the, well, the audio version, it doesn't matter, it's exactly the same. But I do have a pretend fake uh, multicolored brick wall behind me. As usual, we're going to talk about some um, well, some gaming topics today. Got the trusty Pokedex book. And this one is all about when games lose it. Now, what I mean by that is not necessarily when a game goes off the rails, but when it, it loses its roots, I guess. So I've got a list here. Um, the wall is moving. That is terrifying. So I've got some games here that I thought I'd try and go through. If you see me looking down, it's because I've got my monitor there, so I'm trying to make sure that I'm still in focus. Anyway, let's have a look. So the first game I've put down is Resident Evil 6. Now initially, I was going to do this kind of episode a while back, but then I remembered something really important. If you're a Resident Evil fan, Resident Evil 8 was on the rise, and it was coming out, and well, now it's out, I thought I might as well do this topic, because Resident Evil 6, it was a massive commercial success in the way that it, it made a load of money but that's because it was bouncing off number five the problem is with number six it divided a lot of people because it lost its horror kind of roots it was more action orientated way too many quick time events but i'm one of the few that kind of didn't play it for what it was but i played it because it was resident evil and i did enjoy it but it it definitely wasn't like some of the originals like if you look at number three and four Still had the horror aspect, number five even. I wasn't a massive fan of number five. Not because of Chris Redfield punching boulders, but I don't know. It just didn't feel right. Like, again, that was very action-orientated, just like number six was. Um, and I think because it was, where, where was it set in Africa? So it was quite bright and everything, and I'm used to Resi being really dark. But number six was that point where it just kind of lost its track, I guess. And... Yeah, he was like, where are they going to go from that? And then all of a sudden they, they did the greatest curveball in the world. They released RE7. Blew my mind. So they went from kind of losing a big fan base to building it back up into a first person kind of scenario as well, which they've done before. Uh, is it Dead Aim? Don't quote me. And then obviously now they've released Resident Evil 8 Village. Holy crap. Perfection. Um, again, it's still quite action-based, but because of the setting, it's it's quite scary, which I quite like. But it was just it. I mean, the game's been the series, even the franchise has been going since what '96, so they were going to have falls here and there. But it was amazing how much number six really divided the kind of, well, just divided everyone really. But we'll move on because we've got number eight now. So the next game, I'm, I've not really played this series. It was never something on my radar. But the thing I like, it was... This came from Resident Evil, I believe. Devil May Cry. And... <laughs> again, I'm not a big... Like, my knowledge of this game isn't the best. I, I just know bits and pieces. I know like the main protagonist is called Dante. And, um, you know, he dons the white hair, an awesome coat, unlike my blue jacket. But I love it. Even though it's a cardigan. Anyway, he um he dons the white hair or grey hair and he's got the sword and everything. But when they did DMC, Devil May Cry, 
they they went way too edgy and gave him short black hair. Just like in the Crash Bandicoot game, which one is it now? Where all of a sudden he's got like fur tattoos and a mohawk. Very weird. And it just they kind of lost it, didn't they, really? And then they released uh, Devil May Cry 5 and kind of brought it back to where it was supposed to be. But again, a franchise like that, something like that, you don't expect them to have... I don't know, you, you don't want them to kind of go off the rails, but they always do because they're trying to approach it into a different way, a new market. I mean, the next generation is going to be something different. Like, for instance, Resident Evil, I still really like the fixed cameras, you know, the tank controls. It just makes it more scary because it's like, you don't have that much control where now, obviously, with the advancements, you can do anything you want, really. I mean, you know, you've got, as we call it, the C-stick, so you can look around, you know, with the eyes and everything. You know, it's 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 a lot easier to play games. But back then, like late 90s, early 2000s, it was quite tough because they still had tank controls on the PS2. And I think it was only until... Uh, let's say Resident Evil 4, really, that the over-the-shoulder became a big kind of game-changer for the Resident Evil series. And just like Devil May Cry, I'm guessing they've tried to approach it in a different manner, a different way to get more of an audience and that they've just pissed off everyone. But anyway, we'll move on to the next one, which is one of my favourite franchises, series, kind of gaming world ever. (sighs) Fallout. Now, Fallout came out in... (laughs) Fallout came out. Fallout came out. Fallout came out. Anyway, um, it came out in 97, the first one, I believe. And it was a turn-based kind of... um, Turn-based game, really. It was like kind of like how Final Fantasy was. Like, you'd walk around the maps and all of a sudden when battle occurred, you'd take it in turns. The difference is, this game, I I think, got better. uh, As it progressed, it got better, obviously. So in 2008, they released number three, and that was first person, or you could do like third over the shoulder, but that was weird as hell to play. But they went from turn-based kind of fixed angle to an open world. It's always been open world, but they went into over the shoulder, or first person, like I said. Completely changed the game, like the way you play it. Um, There was no longer turn-based events. It it was crazy. Um, Parts of it were a bit, a bit sus. But at the same time, it was amazing. Then they brought number four out. Actually, they did New Vegas, which I'm playing again right now. And that game is amazing, but god damn it, it's hard. Especially because of the bugs. Jesus. But anyway, anyway, I I digress. But they brought number four out, and that was amazing. They changed a little bit of it. Like, in the game, you can talk to people. But what they used to do was your protagonist, the character you were, the vault dweller. He didn't have a voice. You just clicked the the words, and it would kind of like make the... Uh, NPCs talk or something like that but what they did in number four was they made it a little bit more cinematic so your character then had a voice and you know it was very story driven obviously but it was much more cinematic and then they released Fallout 76 yeah um yeah (laughs) I don't think they should have well not yet anyway um I mean when did it get released 2018 it's an online version of Fallout, which sounds awesome because it's, you know, post-apocalyptic war and or world even. It's, it's amazing at that point. But at the same time, 
I don't know. Maybe they just rushed it because I mean the the development was terrible when they they launched it and everything. It was terrible. The game itself now isn't too bad to play, but I think because they're using relatively old engines to run the game and well, it's Bethesda, so they do like to rush in. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I've I played it a couple of times, but I think my whole, my own paranoia kicked in playing it because it was like, well, I, I just random. Obviously, it's, you go online and you play with random people all over the world, and I got paranoid in case they'd like take my stuff. So I haven't played it since. Yeah, and I got that on launch, so yay. <laughs> but again, it's one of them ones. No one really asked for a multiplayer Fallout game. The idea was great, but it just didn't quite live up to it. I mean, now it's really good, but. If what they have now was on release, I think it would have changed it completely, because it is amazing. Like, I'd, sometimes they just really need to listen to people. Like with REA, I think Capcom really did listen to what people were asking for. But you know, let's move on. Uh, I mean, I've already mentioned this one before, so I'll just skip this one. But when I've put when Crash Bandicoot went emo, so many had these mohawk and his tattoos, and it changed. It changed it, didn't it? But then they did kind of bring themselves back when they did the um Oh what's it called? When they, they remade it and brought the trilogy out. That that was amazing. And did it with Spyro as well, because he went a bit weird, didn't he? He looked he looked very weird. Yeah. He he went I don't know, they just kinda of went on to this edgy look with lots of classic games. Um Motor Racer, another game. I absolutely adore that when I was growing up. Um, the first motor racer was brilliant, just a classic bike game, um, sports bikes or dirt bikes, generally I think that was it, uh, go around tracks and win, a very linear game, the aim was to win, and then I downloaded, I can't remember which one it is, was it number three? I've got it on my Switch now and it, it's awful, like when it came out it was, it seemed very realistic in the sense of you couldn't do any daft things. You could do wheelies and stuff, but like it was very realistic, very true to what I guess motor racing is. But then when the one I'm playing on my Switch now, it's it's cartoony, it's sluggish, it's I don't know. It it, it reminds me of those trial bike games when you've got to do stunts and you know and trying to get from one end to the other of the map. That's what it reminds me of. But it's it's just awful. I mean, I played Motor Racer one and number two, number three. That was okay, but it just seems like... I'm guessing it's new developers. Just like with Duke Nukem, 3D Rams just kept cocking that up. And then someone else, was it Gearbox, took over? Didn't really do a better job. And it's it's just... They just don't listen. Another one is Need for Speed. Now, this one is a bit of a... Not a touchy subject, but it's a tricky one because... Because... Now, hear me out. I didn't realise how old Need for Speed was for a start. This cardigan is really pulling my uh, T-shirt down. Um, it's also way too big. Look at that. I'm raising my arm, by the way, for people listening on, uh, well, you know, without video. Anyway, it's um, it's one of them ones with Need for Speed where I didn't realise how long it was going for. But as it, as it progressed, like my favourite Need for Speed will always be Underground 2. And probably then Most Wanted. Was that on the... I've got it on PSP somewhere. But they were probably the best because it was all about racing. And just like the films that were inspired by it, you know, The Fast and the Furious, I think it kind of lost its edge and its its roots. I mean, that's going to be the theme of this one, the roots of the game. And it's like, I think the last one I played was Need for Speed, The Run. 
And in, in theory, it sounded great, but it, for some reason, it heavily reminded me of um, Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage. And it was a case of, you couldn't upgrade the cars. You, you could get new cars every time you progress into a different state or something. But it was just... I don't know, it was more about, like, slow-mo and, like, trying to avoid... Obviously, avoid the police and everything, but it just kind of... It went from just kind of a story-driven game to this big production of, like, Hollywood movie, in a way. Um, obviously, in Need for Speed, Underground 2, and Most Wanted, you know, you could do different forms of racing, drifting, circuit, um, sprints, and all that. And there was an aim to be the best racer there is. But I think as they got on, it just became more of... I don't know, it just it changed for me. I can't remember the last one was I actually played it. Uh, I know I played The Run, I had that one, and that kept crashing on me for some reason. But I don't know, it just seems to change without, like, going from the roots, you know what I mean? I hate it. Uh, and then, and then, there's Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Now, Pro Skater 1, I'm just going to put my book down. Pro Skater 1 was amazing because it was kind of bringing that underground sport into the limelight, into everything. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 was possibly the best one, I'd say. Then number 3 came out, graphically and, and um, impressive, uh, superior even. And then you go along the lines, and then like, um, was it Underground with Bam Margera came out? That should have been a sign. But then I think, for me, it changed when, um, well, was it American Wasteland or Skateland? I know it was slightly different for the DS, but that came out, and that's when I thought, oh, okay. It's going a bit cartoony. Now, I know um, Tony Hawk's not really... Uh, re it's not based on realism in the sense of, like, how skate is. But um, it, did, it just felt a bit weird, felt a bit cartoony, like, ah, oh, okay. There was more story to it. But then you had, like... Um, we won't mention the bloody skateboard controller. But then you went into, was it, like, Proving Ground and everything, and it was coming back to being a bit more real. And then they released, uh, what was it, Tony Hawk 5? Oh my god. That should never have been made because it was supposed to get back to its roots, but it was it was just terrible, like clunky controls. The graphics weren't actually that good considering it was unlike the previous generation. Wow, how weird does that sound? But then they did remake 1 and 2 and brought it back. Um, I'm pretty sure the original soundtracks are a little bit different. But yeah, it was just it was weird Like when you played the games. like A lot of the games that are coming out, that are remade or remastered or whatever. It's like, I guess my generation played the originals, like RE, uh, Resident Evil, that is, Need for Speed, um, Crash and Spyro. We played the originals, so we remember what the weird polygon graphics were like and the way it handled and how immersed you got into it, where now it's... I don't know, it just seems like any game or any franchise, they're just trying to put the game out as quick as possible. Like something like um, Cyberpunk. That got released way too soon. Fallout 76 released way too soon. They hadn't got anything ready for it. It was buggy. It was glitchy. And it's like, why why are they ruining these games? Like, I'm a mad Duke Nukem fan. That game is crazy. I didn't realise how long that was going. It was like 89, was it, the first one came out? But then it's like... as the, I mean, Duke Nukem 3D is, well, I would say, the pinnacle of that series. And then it went third person with... um. Time to Kill and Land of the Babes. Awful games. And then when they tried to do um, Duke Nukem Forever, that I mean, that was in production for how bloody long? But that, that was the thing. They were trying to push it out and push it out before it was ready. 
And before they knew it, they were a generation of console behind, so they'd have to reprogram the bit they did. Again, they were behind. But it's it's annoying because sometimes games, the games don't fall behind or lose their roots or, you know, it's not the game's fault if that makes sense. Like with Metal Gear Solid, I know that's got, I mean, again, I'm not a big know-it-all on Metal Gear, but I know that's had some ups and downs, let's say, because of the direction it's been taken and you're like, oh, but why has it been taken that way? I mean, most of the time, the, um, you know, like Capcom with Resident Evil, like they've obviously listened to the fans, looked at the reviews and thought, yeah, we need to do this. Um, but it is crazy, like how they think, oh, this is going to sell. You know what I mean? But who knows? It, it's a weird world we live in. Everyone wants to throw stuff out before it's finished. So, yeah, that's just a little selection, really, um, of games that I thought lost it. What about you guys? Are there any games that you think have lost it along the way? Are there any games that never actually made it back from a bad one? Games that have just remained in the dirt, really, in the in the shadows. Who knows? There's many. But that's it for this one. Hopefully, I might do, on the next podcast, a bit of gameplay, because I've got RE8. So I might do some of that for you. I might actually stream it. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I'll see you on the next one. Bye.